Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Eric. I teach people how to raise livestock on the land. And I teach people the Bible. I play a little banjo. And I play bass. I'm a passionate bow hunter. And I'm a die-hard Badgers fan. Together we're just two common folk trying to pursue Jesus. And live out our faith beyond Sunday's sermon. Well, Eric... Um, one week till the Badgers play? One week. Well, actually less than that. I mean, oh, yeah. it's like True. five days. How have you been holding up with this weight? You've been I'm excited. Okay? I've been listening to a lot of ridiculous podcasts and YouTube videos where it's like, I don't need to listen. I know everything they they're going to say. They overanalyze every little aspect of well, everything. I'm just repeating the exact same things yeah. that I've heard. It's like, I could be the analyst for this because I've listened. I know every talking point that they're going to But when you're make. super excited about it, it, like, it just feeds that for you. So it's like yes. hard to resist it. it I just want to keep hearing about it. But I could, I mean, I, I really do feel like I'm qualified at this point just because I've listened to so many of them. So I'm very... Very excited, and uh, I have a feeling that like it's going to start out a little slow with all the changes, so I'm trying to temper my expectations just because it's like any time where you completely change. But they're not playing very tough competition at first, so maybe that helps. Well, I'm a little worried about week two. Washington State beat them in last Camp Randall year. last yeah. year. Well, isn't that enough reason for them to come out? Firing on all so. cylinders. I would hope so. I just have to tell you that anytime we talk about Badgers football in our house now, mm-hmm. Timothy will be like, Well, Eric says, Eric <laughs> says, and it's like, Oh, I didn't realize Eric was the authority well, on <laughs> And I'm not. I just listen to a lot of podcasts. That's it. And I think um I'm excited. And I actually think this game at Buffalo or no, Buffalo's coming to us. I think it's going to set the tone for the season. Because if they blow them out of the water, then I'll feel much better about Washington State and stuff. But if it's like, oh, this is a little tighter and they just kind of win by like 10 in the fourth quarter, like then I'm going to be a lot more nervous about the Washington State game because I'm going to be like, ah, oh, they still have some kinks to work out in this. So, Well, I know this isn't technically a football podcast, but you're probably going to get a small dose of football this time of year from us because yes. this is unscripted, Yep, and that's like an easy first thing to talk about. <laughs> well, it is, and it's, it's one of those where, again, I think the whole heart of this is to make it feel like two friends are just talking and usually when you meet up with a friend you're not just like immediately like so what's god doing in your life you know it's kind of like you you talk about a few other things and lead into it but i'm very excited i mean we could talk like we made an apple pie yesterday from apples off the tree so that's that's another seasonal thing yeah jocelyn has a huge pile of tomatoes in the house ready to can yeah so I don't know. I love everything about this time of the year. When I think I said it last week, I feel like with fall, it's like, can we spread some of this out? There's yeah. way too many of my favorite things. I forgot we talked about that. We're, I know. We're sort of one track. Minded. Oh, we're going to talk about fall. Wait, I mean, cause it's going to be like 90 degrees tomorrow or not 90, but 85. Yeah. And it's like, wait till it actually is like cool oh, yeah. and crisp and That's then, all and then like about. when it's december we'll spend a few weeks reminiscing on fall <laughs> i know i know but no we um someone from the church has a pear tree that they were like we've got tons of pears so we went and just picked a bunch of pears we're gonna can those nice and so kind of excited but 
Yeah, I also broke my mic stand this morning, yeah. and I didn't have an extra, so I'm just kind of holding it, so I'm hoping it sounds halfway decent. If not, it's my fault. I'll have a new mic stand next time. Well, did you see that you're going to have to ask a couple of my sons for autographs? Yes, I saw that. They're yeah. they're famous now yeah, at the Packer cool. game. They're very yeah. photogenic. That is a great picture of them. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and they were playing bag toss. We were we have like uh, in our someone in our family. It's actually an interesting story that's probably interesting to no one else. But <laughs> what what's just as coveted, not quite as coveted as Packer season tickets, but an actual parking pass at Lambeau. Oh. Like they're really hard to get now oh, yeah. because they've built so much stuff. There's not nearly as much parking as there used to be. Mm-hmm. So someone on my side of the family on the Cavadini side who is season ticket holders gave up their parking pass a few years ago and they transferred it to Jocelyn's uncle on her side of the family and so he has that and so he got that to us and so we get to park like just across the street from Lambeau and so we had awesome tailgating and it's super cool because well, actually, you got to see where that was when we were there last year. Yep. And the kids' favorite part of tailgating at that spot is at some point before the game, you'll hear this um, police escort coming. So okay. it's like you'll hear the sirens and everything. And then there will be like three or four coach buses behind it. And they're going like 55 miles an hour and nothing's going to stop them. Yep. And it's the visiting team. Uh, and so all the fans come over by the street corner and <laughs> – Y'all, Wisconsin. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, that's, I'm glad that you guys had fun and the game went good. Jordan Love looked good. Yeah. So it's exciting. Like I said, this is just, this is the time of year. I know that for most people, like spring is that exciting time of year. But for me, it's like fall is when everything comes alive to me. Which is weird because everything's dying. We were, well, and even more will be dying. We were shooting our hunting rifles yesterday. I need to do that. And yeah, everything fall. Yep, but it is good. So you guys apologize. You're going to hear about it a lot, but we should probably talk about uh, about Sunday stuff. Sure. You like are, I, I roped football. you in. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, that's true. I roped you into running sound. Well, mostly. Mostly your son. I didn't did. do anything. I supervised, and I quickly saw that he's better than me at it. Well, so he did a great job, and it was you know because we're still at the end of summer, so people are busy, and so I find myself sometimes having to kind of be like, hey, I know you've never done this before, but I think you can do it. Can you step in? And so, um, so yeah, that was he, cool he to loved see it. you. Actually, that was kind of cool. We had an opera or at dinner last night we were just talking i was like nathan i think you could do that too and he's like yeah i would do that now and then silas is like i don't want to do it and i and that's one thing i'm working on with silas i don't know what i think i might have talked about this before with Mm -hmm. him but like the kid is incredibly gifted he's he he's like a physical specimen (laughs) and he's pretty athletic and he's very smart and he's very witty. Like he has everything that everyone would want, but he doesn't realize he has it. Yeah. And he doesn't want to believe that he has it. So his first answer to almost everything is, I can't or I won't. Yeah. And I'm working on that with him. Like I don't want that to be your immediate response. So what I told him is, I don't want you to say you can't do sound right. at church. I want you to say, 
that's not my preference. Yep. And then the next step should be, let's think about what you could do to yep. serve. Yeah. And I said, you're a really uh, personable person. You're good at talking to people. You'd be a good greeter. And yeah. so we just had a conversation about like, find your role, which I guess goes right into I what you were talking about. I was going to say, that's a, that's a perfect transition into just, you know, us talking about like, basically when you're a disciple of Jesus, you have to be present. You have to be present in the kingdom of God. You can't, you can't hide. And I think, you know, as, as I've been a pastor for a while, I actually feel like that's one of the biggest problems in the church is that just most of us aren't real present there. And yeah. even if we serve, we kind of serve as like this fake character that we create that we think people will like. And like, that's not really being present. And when you say that, I think of like three different definitions of someone not being present. And I yeah. think they all apply. So yes. like you could have someone present who the term I would use is apathetic. Yep. Checking off the boxes, showing up on Sunday because it's the thing they've always been told that they need to do and somehow they feel good about it. So they just come and go. So that's like apathetic. They're not really moved or motivated to do anything more yes. so they're not present just because they're just sort of checked out all the time right right um but then you have the people who aren't present because they've put a lot of energy toward putting up a front whatever yeah. that is or or a facade or whatever you want to call it like they're acting the way that they believe they need to act to be accepted by the people around them yes um and so those people aren't present. Yep. Did I say three? You did. What would the third be? So I'm you guessing you're talking about just physically present. The people who or, just don't show up at all. Or, and, yeah, or maybe what it was going to be is the people who are there but just choose to not serve. And I guess that could be pretty similar to my first example, although I think it still is a little different because you do have people who are engage you have people who are believers yeah you have people who are very solid in their faith but for one reason or lots of reasons they don't do anything to be to plug into the body and be part of it yes there. absolutely and i think i mean and if if you even want to make those three i would say then there's four because i think especially in the age of you know the live stream there's just people who are just like I don't really need to be there. Yeah. You know, I just watch online and it's like, well, then you're really not present by like the most basic definition. It's like, if you're not around other believers, if you're not gathering together with other believers, then you're very clearly not present. But I think there are a lot of people who do feel like, ah, there's a live stream. I'll go to church maybe once a month maybe every other month and I'll just catch the live stream and it's like okay I mean there's real reasons I mean I want people to go on vacations with their family and if you're sick I want you to stay home and things like that but then there are other situations where it's just like it's just easier to stay home and I think this like, conversation is going to continue to get bigger you and I were just talking yeah. about this before we recorded but my feeling and my prediction is we're going to continue hearing stuff like this in the near future and and that it's going to kind of surface as like a 
pandemic of its own within the church. And I think a lot of it may have gotten heightened because of the COVID era, just because people learned how to somehow stay kind of quasi connected while being apart. And so there's just so many kind of weird things that came out of that. Like people just got used to being disconnected and, and, and I think that we're still, we haven't fully seen the fallout or the result of that. Yeah, I agree completely. And I just even think, you know, there's just a bigger problem of just what the average believer really thinks church is for. I think that's like a, a, a bigger question of like, I, I, I think we've, we've disconnected the idea of a church service with being part of the body of Christ. Like, like we've kind of lost that, that they need to go together. And I think there's a lot of people that what a church service is for is like, I come and I, I enjoy worship. It makes me feel good. Um, you know, the pastor gives me some good nugget to get through my week or a bit of motivation or, you know, has a, has a witty thing that makes me laugh. And now I can feel like, okay, I've learned a little something. I enjoyed worship. And, and even if you really are like, no, I want to enter the presence of God. It is a very, you know, and this has been talked to to death, but it's been a very consumer mindset. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, if I'm there to consume, why would it matter if I consume from home? I mean, that's the whole Amazon thing. Why would I go to a store to consume when I can order off Amazon to consume? And it's become very similar with the churches. Why would I go to the building to consume when I can watch the live stream to consume? And I think that that's a a huge disconnect from even just what I read on Sunday, multiple places in the Bible where it's like, you're a part of the body. Like you have gifts and it matters that you're there and other believe you belong to other believers and you can't do that through a live stream, you know? Yeah, well, and so the first step in being able to embrace your role in the body is to understand what your role is or what you're called to, and you can't do that until you're comfortable in your own skin. Yeah, and that's huge. And I think that's even, man, that that could almost be its own own podcast because I think even, I think of like Les and I of just us having these conversations not even that long ago of like, do we really know who we are or have we truly just been whatever was needed for so long that it's like, Oh, we don't even really know who we are anymore. And I think it is, you know, we, we talked about the story of Ruth or of Esther, excuse me. And, um, I think it's the, the belief that, if God made me and God brought me to this situation, then what this situation needs is me. And I don't think a lot of us really believe that. I know I still struggle to really believe that. Most of us look at a situation and go, what do I think is needed here? And can I pretend to be that? Or what is the thing that if I am this, the most people will be happy with me or, or whatever instead of really trusting that if God designed me and God brought me here, then clearly who I am, even if I 
don't see it right now must be what this situation needs. Very few of us really walk into situations believing that. Well, I think, um, on the other hand, I think there are some people, I'll even put myself in this category, like this is something that I tend to occasionally struggle with, but like, you know, as we seek the Lord and we hear from the Holy Spirit and we're guided by Him, we know how we're, who we're supposed to be, but we still struggle with actually being that person because we know, and, and that's actually what you've been talking about the last few weeks is the cost, yeah. counting the cost, and one of the costs that we're counting is acceptance, and yes. we're all seeking acceptance, and we sometimes know as believers that the person who we're called to be is not really going to be popular with those in our circle. Yes. And so we sit there and we weigh that cost of acceptance. Absolutely. Well, and, and like I said on Sunday, we have real deep experiences in life that if we show up as who we are and who we are is different, then we're going to get hurt because that's what the world does. Like that's, we've learned that ever since we were little kids is that if who you really are is different, then you will get bullied and destroyed for that until you learn how to hide that. And then you'll be accepted. Like we, we have learned these things from a young age. It's a skill that is just built in. Like we don't think about this. This is subliminal. And that's the thing is like most people don't walk into a situation and consciously go, what character should I create for this situation? It happens with, it's just a thing that naturally happens because it's been so ingrained in us from such a, a young age. And that's where, you know, the example I gave on Sunday is like, that's the world likes uniform. That's what I mean. You are very much into farming and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you look at a farm, there's just, everything's uniform. At least that's the goal is mm -hmm. everything is in a straight line. Everything looks at, that's what humans like. Mm -hmm. But when you look at what God makes, there is not, like, I cannot find anything in nature that grows in straight lines where everything is the same size and the same shape. Like nothing that God makes looks like a farm because he right. makes things so different. And I think it's just respecting that that's what makes the body of Christ strong. And I think accepting that, like, if I pretend, or if I create a character that looks just like everyone else because I feel like that's safer or that's what's most needed, I'm actually making the kingdom of God weaker. Like, like that's what I'm doing because if, if you look at, you know, the thing about uniformity and the reason that the world likes uniformity is uniformity is easy. Like that's like, you know, and again, you know more about this than me, so please correct me. But the reason that, that we want when we farm for everything to look the same is that way we can treat everything the same. We can harvest everything the same. This one tool works for everything because everything looks the same. The same roundup works for everything. You don't have to really do the work of treating each plant individually the way it needs it. Nope, we want uniforms, then we can just one tool, done. But the problem is that makes you weak because that's when if a disease is able to hit one of those plants, chances are it's going to wipe out the entire thing because if one plant is susceptible to it, 
everything else is. And that's where diversity gives that strength. Because if you look in nature, it's like if something gets diseased, chances are it's not going to wipe out everything because there's enough of those built-in differences. Am wow. I way off on that example? No, you're not. But I'll take it even a step further. And and so like and using the farming yeah. analogy, so like there's always lots of uh, discussion about weeds. What one per what is a weed? Mm-hmm. Well, like a lot of what one person, a lot of species that one person considers a weed are very usable or have high utility for the next person. And so in a large part, it's in the eyes of the beholder. Um, But the thing, when we have that mentality of any weed, wipe it out, we can't have it there at all. The thing that we miss with that approach is what is that weed telling us? There's a reason it's there. Yep. And so when you come bring it back to church and you have all these different, you have this diverse array of people there and some weed or some disease or, or Mm -hmm. there's some sort of, you called it yesterday, tension. Mm -hmm. The fact that that's there is telling, it's indicating something. It's not necessarily good or bad, but it's indicating something. And just, and rather than, trying to make it go away as quick as possible, let's stop yes. and ask ourselves, what it, what should we learn out of this? Yes. What should be, you know, okay, so this is a tough situation right now, mm-hmm. but what could we learn out of this or what positive could come out of this? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think you, you nailed it. What is this telling us? Because I think that's the whole point of the body is like, you know, the, the scripture tells us that when one part hurts, we all hurt. And it's that understanding of like, I might not even understand why you're frustrated, but I want to know why you're frustrated because clearly you're a part of the body that that we need to listen to. Um, and I think it just goes back to this idea of like, I would be happy if the body of Christ just tolerated differences. But if you look at the scripture, it, it should really be celebrated. And like I said on Sunday, like, there has to be non-negotiables. Obviously, we all have to believe in Jesus as our Savior. We have to believe that he's the Son of God, that he lived the perfect life. And you can go down on, like, there needs to be a list of, like, okay, if we don't agree on this, then we're not part of the same body. Mm-hmm. But you got you have to know exactly where that list ends and have a hard line of okay, now we're in the same body and we're going to disagree. Like that's the point. Mm-hmm. That's that's the design is that we are going to I mean look at Jesus disciples, the ones he handpicked and he only picked 12. How many of us have a church that's more than 12? And they fought and argued all the time and that mm-hmm. was with the perfect pastor handpicking 12 people and they still fought all the time because we're different and they were all all in other than judas like they were all all in on jesus and there was still tension all the time with a perfect pastor and with only 12 people so the average church is going to have a lot more than 12 people and they're not going to have a perfect pastor. So, yeah, there's going to be disagreements and tension and all of those things. So this message, there's kind of a lot of thing take-homes that could be taken out of this. One of them could be don't be so dismayed or discouraged by tension yes. in a body or yeah. in a church. Um, but I think probably the bigger and maybe what we want to just talk more about is 
like don't consider yourself um, out of the equation or don't whether it be that you just don't have the confidence or whether it be you just don't want to yes <laughs> or like you're lazy that's exactly um, it don't use those as excuses to not be used in one way shape or form absolutely and i think what i see the most is it's like people want to find a church that already has what they are passionate about and it's like well then that church doesn't need you then like you need to be at a church that doesn't have what you're passionate about and if they're willing to let you bring that there then like that's the perfect body for so you. then that that is where it becomes really difficult because then you have people at a church that doesn't have what they most want right and then and, now they have to be that yeah and so now the thing that would move many people to seek elsewhere is the very reason why they should stay or be there absolutely well, and that's a, I'll, I'll give an example that is not true for our church, so no one can feel like I'm picking on them. Because I feel like our church does a great job with welcoming people in. Like, I really do. Mm-hmm. I feel like our church is very welcoming, and I've heard that from multiple visitors. Um, but let's say somebody comes and they're like, man, I just have a passion to be at a church that that really takes like welcoming in visitors seriously and our church doesn't, so I'm going to go find a church that does. It's like, well, then what are you going to bring to that church? Because your passion is already filled there. So why wouldn't you maybe approach that church and be like, how can I be this thing? And I think obviously the reason why we don't do that is most of us are very busy and we're like, well, I can't. And it's like, that's the point where I'll be a little bit more convicting with people and be like, then you're not present in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying that everyone needs to devote a ton of time or even that it needs to be any sort of official title type thing, but it's like that passion was given to you for a reason. Like that wasn't just a random thing. And that passion wasn't given to you just so that you can be very, very picky about what church you attend. That passion was given to you because God wants you to do something with it. Like that's that's the reality of it. And maybe you won't do it alone. And maybe you'll find that as you kind of try to start in your own way to fill this void, other people in the church are going to rise up and say, man, I've been, I've been wanting that. And now you might have a group of people who share your vision and your passion that, that, that can really do something in that church. Um, but I think it's just, if something matters to you, I think you have to ask yourself why And what am I supposed to do with this? Because I think chances are you're not supposed to just find a place that already does that perfect. I don't think that's why you got that passion in you. So I've got another analogy brewing in my head. I like it. And it's going to be football. (laughs) I like it. Hey, I can can rock with that. Okay, so you're a young prospect, promising, top-of-the-list quarterback. Yep. And you feel like you're ready to make it big in the NFL. Yeah. Um, the last place you want to go is somewhere who has an all-pro, perennial all-pro quarterback who still has six, eight years 
ahead of them. Absolutely. That's not where you want to go because your skill set is already very uh, filled, basically, there. Um, On the other hand, you're a quarterback who has enough skills to be considering playing at the next level, but you haven't really been noticed by a lot of people, but you feel yourself that if you were given a shot, now that team with an all-pro quarterback may look a little more appealing to you because you haven't yet developed that skill set yep. that is that has made you like obviously ready for the next level. Yep. But that place has a reputation for building quarterbacks up mm-hmm. as all-pro quarterbacks. That should be where you want to go. So if yes. you haven't yet developed that skill set, but that's the skill set that you want to work on, that's where you go to the place that already has it. Yes. But if you already have that skill set, then why would you want to go where it's already like the gold standard for that particular skill set? Oh, absolutely. And I like I'll even double down on that is like again, I'll go back to the Badgers because I'll just show how much of a homer I am. That happened in this recruiting cycle. And I can't remember names, but the Badgers had a tight end recruit. And then they got another tight end recruit and the first one decommitted and was like, I want to go somewhere where like I'm the only tight end recruit because he's like, I want the best chance to play because it makes sense. Like, why would you go somewhere that already has a full tight end room in which, but I'll actually take this a step further. And I think this is the biggest misconception is that most people, if we're, if we're bringing this back to the church, what you have is most people who don't even want to play. They're just like, I like, I like watching a good passing game. So I don't want to be a fan here because they don't pass the ball. They don't have a good quarterback. I want to be a fan. I'm going to switch and be a fan over here. And that's where God's like, you're not a fan. Like you're on the team. Mm -hmm. And I think it's literally like, I don't even think most people are to that point yet. And that's why it makes sense to them. If I love just watching good quarterback play, then it does make sense for me to switch teams because I just want to see it. But if I actually understand that, wow, maybe I am really invested in a passing game because I'm called to actually put some cleats on and throw Mm -hmm. the ball, then it immediately changes how you're going to perceive it. But I I think most people don't even see themselves as being on the field. And that's where in the Mr. Potato Head example, it was like hiding in the butt. I just want to be in the stands. So I got to find a, a place that runs the offense I like because I'm not contributing. I just want to watch. And I think that's the bigger problem. I think as soon as people truly see themselves as being a player, then I do think it makes way more sense to be like, I need to go somewhere that doesn't have a quarterback or, or stay here, even if there's not a good quarterback right now, because I can just, I'll start throwing the ball and see what happens, you know? So for anyone who was just confused by the Mr. Potato Head reference, so yesterday Eric had a Mr. Potato Head on stage with him. I had three of them. Three of them. And talked about how every 
And I'm sure, I'm going to assume everyone listening is familiar with the Mr. Potato Head. If not, they can Google it. But um, in a Mr. Potato Head, you have a potato and you basically plug in different body parts and you end up with a person. And if each body part represents a member of the body of Christ or a member of a a church body, um, a complete church is one that has two ears a nose a mustache a mouth eyes maybe glasses a hat feet hands all of those but if you have a church of people who all seek it to find people just like themselves you end up with a potato that has nothing but ears or nothing but eyes and it looks horrifying Mm -hmm. and it's also not functional at all yep and it allows you to not be present because it's like why do i really need to hear i mean look at all these other ears someone here i don't really have to and that's the other nice thing about you know trying to look for that church where everybody has your same vision and passions and preferences and all that is it really doesn't matter if you are present or not. And so you end up with, and and you can see this too. So you end up with, I mean, right now, um, you know, with how divided our country is politically and socially, you can see there's been a lot of churches that are full of mouths. Yep. Lots of people, you know, saying things, they may not be the wrong things, but um, too much of that definitely, uh, is counterintuitive. Yes. Or no counterproductive. Yes. Um, and so you have churches that are full of mouths. You also have churches that are, um, full of feet, we'll say, and they do a lot. They, they're out and about all the time, but that's all they do. Yep. And that's not necessarily great either. Yes. And it's not a bad thing, but with that being the only focal point, it's you're not achieving everything that the body is supposed to be able to achieve. Absolutely. And so there has to be balance. Yes. Well, and you have to have that willingness to have somebody who thinks differently than you do. I mean, again, not about Jesus, not about, you know, those non-negotiables, but, you know, and I gave the example on Sundays, you know, let's say somebody you know, gave, wrote a $10,000 check to the church and said, you use it however you want. And I bring it in front of the church and say, what do you guys think we should use it for? And one person is going to say like, well, we need to go evangelize with this. And someone else is going to be like, we got to meet the needs of, you know, the needy in our community. And someone else is going to be like, we need to do a seminar and teach our people the Bible more. And someone else is going to be like, we got to give this to missions. We got to let someone go like, who's right there is no, that's why, you know, God gave shepherds, gave apostles, yeah. gave evangelists. Gave, like, there is no right. You, you're going to have to walk that out. You're going to have to go back to the tension. You're going to have to allow and listen to somebody whose passions and preferences are different than yours, whose experiences are different than yours. And that's, we got to respect each other. We got to respect the differences that, you know, again, there's going to be people that was like, I've seen that by the church meeting a physical need, someone came to know Jesus and someone else would be like, I've been on missions trips. I see what they do. Like, and you have to be willing to listen to each other and, and acknowledge that like 
you're one part. Like you are one part of this and that you can only do your part, but that for the body to work, you need people different than you. Like you need it. It's not just, it's okay that people are different. Like you need them to be different. Otherwise we cannot be the body of Christ. If everybody is the same, we can't be the body of Christ. So for the people listening who say, okay, I've heard your point. The body needs to be diverse and have, you know, everyone in the roles that they're called to. Like, okay, I understand that, but what does this mean for me specifically as an individual? I think there's a few things. Number one, you need to come to church expecting that people are going to have different experiences than you, different preferences than you, different opinions than you, different passions than you, and be ready to listen to them and actually try to perceive and understand what they're saying. Because if they are surrendered to Christ and they're part of this body, they are representing a part of the heart of Christ that you might not have as deep of an understanding of. And so you have to like truly appreciate that. And you still might not see it the same and you're still probably not going to have the same level of passion for the things that they have, but you have to be willing to understand that that's a part of Christ's heart. Like if, if you just care about missions and someone else cares about, you know, teaching people deep theological understanding, that might not excite you at all. You might be like, that's the most boring thing I've ever heard. But you also have to appreciate that that's like a heart of Christ. That's a main part of the body is like teaching theology so that we have like an answer to give for our faith and to be willing to listen and to, to be willing to let them be the part of the body they're called to be. I think that's the first thing. But then it's, and this was the main thing on Sunday is, have the courage to be different, have Mm -hmm. the courage to understand the things that you're passionate about. Even if it doesn't seem like other people care much about it, it's like, this is part of the heart of Christ too, that, that you need to be willing to share with the body of Christ. And I think like those are the main takeaways. And then the the final one is just don't look for a place full of people just like you. That's a, that's a trap. And that's going to cause you to be a fan rather than be a player. And that's not what we're called. You cannot be sitting in the stands and be a disciple of Jesus. Like that's, if, if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you're on the field. Like, so don't just try to find some place that you're like, no, this is, this is a team I'd like to root for. It's like, no, you're not here to root for a team. You're, you're here to play. And so God probably placed you where you are because there's a hole you're called to fill there. Right. And I think those would be the main takeaways for people of just, and that's uncomfortable. That's an uncomfortable thing for a lot of people who have been content to hide in the butt of the potato for a while. Like I have to actually get out of this and mm-hmm. and plug in and be seen and let my presence be felt here. And I think as we wrap up, one of the thoughts I've had thinking about this is just how odd it is. And I've, I've thought this even before we had this conversation, but like our tendency as humans is to gravitate toward 
doing what everyone else is and be like everyone else is. Even if that's not like our primary objective to be like everyone else, we still end up that way. I mean, think about like in your travels, have you ever been through like a newly developed neighborhood where every house is the same floor plan, same siding, same? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's weird. Yep. And just think about like, even like, um, how kids are in school. And I talk to my kids about this. My kids are in middle school. Yeah. That's and funny. I talk to them about this all the time. Like, um, there's some things right now that set you guys apart from your friends. Like, and I'll even use a couple examples. Like, my kids don't have a phone yet. I'm not trying to sound like, I mean, maybe some people think I'm in the Stone Age. Maybe I am. I'm not trying to sound like a hero either, right. but it's just the, the we just our kids don't have a phone yet, so yeah. that sets them apart. Yeah. Um, and they don't have video games and stuff like that. And but if you look at like how kids end up, they all do the same thing. Yeah. They all wear the same thing, and you see that continue on through adulthood and there's just like this weird thing and when you see that happen it's just really weird yes absolutely well and it's because we're I I think at the heart of it is we're not seeking to be the same I think we're seeking safety and we have learned that in blending in is safe I mean again if you look at like how lions hunt like any animal that blends in, yeah. they don't see it's it's the one that's like, you know, kind of apart and and doesn't quite match that gets kind of hunted, and I think we've just learned that that's it's safety to blend yeah. in is when you stand out now you are kind of a free target, and so I think that's our heart is I think most of us wrestle with this i think there's a restlessness of like this isn't who i'm made to be there's this there's this person inside of me that has something to give and i just don't know how to let them out but i think that our need and our drive for safety just supersedes all of that and i think that's where the call to be a disciple of jesus and that's he's very honest of like this isn't safe you're gonna have to give up your safety like I'll be your protector and I'll work all things for good and know that even if the enemy can hurt your body, like alt- what what is ultimately you, your soul will be safe. But like, yeah, you're giving up worldly safety. This is going to now be like you're putting yourself out there and you got to count the cost because that's what it is. You can't be a safe disciple of Jesus. That's an oxymoron. And so I think for a lot of us, this is the the real question of like, are you willing to give up that safety of blending in to, to stand out? You know? So, so I think we could conclude with this thought: you are better when you're different. Yeah. When when you're who you are called to be, you're better. That fo- that version of you is better, and the body of Christ is better than when you're in it. Yep. 
as long as the different is surrendered to Christ. Right. Like, cause yeah, we can be different and be terrible people. Yeah. If the primary objective is to be different, that's a different conversation for another time. Yep. That's called weird. Well, exactly. (laughs) But I think, you know, just going back and I think this is a great place to, to close is like, if you look at, you know, back to the example in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 of the body of Christ, the only reason it works is that each body part listens to the head. That's the only way your body works. And so, yes, we are called to be different, but we have to be different in our surrendering of Christ, not just because it's like, well, I was in a bad mood today, so I cussed this person out at church, but I'm just being the different version of myself. It's like, no, that version was not surrendered to Christ. Like, yeah. But in surrendering to Christ, you're going to look different than the people around you at your church and different is better just like you said so i agree so how would you like to wrap all of that up i think that's a good place i mean i honestly i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to overthink this I, I do overthink things a lot but i just i think i'm 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 excited because we're going to dive a little bit deeper into in this next series we're going to do into a lot of the excuses that people use to not be used by god but I think to even just start with just this, like you first have to like put yourself out there because you you cannot be used by God as a character you create. God won't use your character. He'll use you. And you is going to be a little different than the people around you. And you have to be willing to be that to be used by God. Well, God, we just thank you for your creativity. Uh, we see it all around us and we embrace it as we see it in nature often and readily, but we don't always do it when we see it in ourselves and in people around us. And so our prayer today is that uh, you just help us to see uh, why, or not even why, but that we just see and recognize that you've called us all to be different and that we just embrace it. And um, we just thank you for your creativity in us and, and in the body of Christ and I just pray for every person listening uh, that will be moved to uh, embrace the roles and the skills that you've equipped us with uh, to serve you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.